Good morning, church and YouTube audience. Hello. Church starts at 9.30. We're on time. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for this day that we can come into this building. It's not the church. We are the church. But we come together in the name of Jesus to learn, to be trained and equipped, to learn how to become the army of God, to tear down strongholds and to point people towards Jesus. And Lord, let that be what this is going to be today in this teaching. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So look at this picture here. What town does your giant live in? Do you see those giants? No, we don't see those today. Not in the flesh, but they're spirits. And uh, David, the little boy, is out there. He's going to take out Goliath. Amen. Next slide, please. Look at that big spear. The Goliath was a small giant. I'm stuck. Is this thing even... Uh, okay, it's, it's charged. Help! <laughs> Goliaths... Okay, just click me to the next slide. You can click it. So Goliath's spear was, I believe... I want to say 13 feet tall. Maybe he was 13 feet tall. Mm -hmm. It was bigger than a normal spear. Okay, next slide. Judges 3. This is where this comes from. I touch my glasses with my oily anointed finger. <laughs> Judges 3. Okay, now... Let me just read this and I'll talk about it. Now, these are the nations which the Lord left. No, in the scripture, they call these nations, or we could say tribes, but they're nations. They're a people. The Lord left these. These are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them, even as many of Israel had not known all the wars of Canaan. So these guys were in bondage 400 years under Pharaoh, and they crossed over, you know, the Passover. They crossed over the Red Sea into the promised land of milk and honey. And God could have said, have a good life. This is all set up, you know, eat, drink, and be merry. Have a good time. But he didn't. He goes, this is a promised land. It's yours. But inside here, there's giants. You got to go and take them out. Amen. Okay. So there had some opposition. And so I'm going to make a statement a lot of you probably won't disagree with, but the Lord doesn't have a problem with war. Now, I'm not saying with guns and knives and bullets, but uh, we have, even the scripture says, our God is a God of war. Our God knows how to fight and win. And he wasn't worried about these giants. And so the little Israelites came running back across the river going like, we can't do this because we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And so that made God mad. And so they had to walk around the, you know, the wilderness for 40 years till they all died, but Caleb and Joshua. So God doesn't have a problem with war in the spirit. He loves to fight and win. Verse two, only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war at the least such as knew nothing thereof. And so you got to get the picture. These were the Hebrews that came out of 
under Pharaoh, 400 years of slavery. They knew nothing about fighting and war, but the Lord, he's going to teach them. And that's what we do here at Spirit of Prophecy Church and Prophecy Club. We teach you how to fight, not with guns and knives and bullets, but in the spirit realm. Amen? So God is teaching these guys how to war because they knew nothing about it. Okay, verse 3. Namely, five lords of the Philistines. Those are the bad guys. Now, today they're saying that... You know, we're the bad guys, and these are the good guys. They turn the tables on us, right? But these are the bad guys, the Philistines, and all the Canaanites, and the Sidonians. Now, this is Old Testament stuff, and I know a lot of times you think, why do I go in the Old Testament so much? But it's because there's a message here. If you can dig it out and get the picture, you will learn. So you got five lords, and the Hivites, these are the ites, and that dwell in Mount Lebanon from Mount Baal Hermon unto the entering in of Hamath. So Baal Hermon, I just want you to put that on the back burner and remember this. Baal Hermon. Yeah, Baal. Oh, Mrs. Young says they're the principality. Ding, one point. One point for Mrs. Young. Verse 4. And they were to prove Israel. That means to test them. Has anybody that's a Christian, because Jesus would never hurt a fly, he's all love, have we been tested? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh they're laughing. God is testing his children. Yeah, Tony. Right on, Tony. He says there's more coming too. So they were there to prove Israel. And what God wanted to find out, here's, here's the reason why. To know whether they would hearken, that means to listen to the commandments. Or do you obey the Bible? Or is it just something you read to pass the time? Because it's nice little bedtime stories, but it isn't relevant for today. Because it was written by men and not God. Oh, that hurt, didn't it? So the Lord's testing them. Five, and the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites and Hittites. This is their first mistake. We can't make friends with the enemies and have them be our neighbor. You know, we can't buddy up with them. It's worse than that. It's a covenant. And Amorites, there's the rest of the ites. The Amorites, Prezites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Now let's talk about this word dominion. This is a big one. The Lord has a lot to say about dominion. It's in the Bible 56 times. Now, I'm going to talk about the spiritual pecking order. Now, whether you believe it or not, there is a chain of command. And we have two kingdoms, two spirit kingdoms, or it's one spirit kingdom. We just don't, but you got the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And there's levels and degrees and... It's set up similar to what we see in, in the invisible kingdom. You have things that you can see in the natural, but it mirrors the things that we can't see in the spirit. So when we look in the natural, we see presidents, kings, the judiciary, and policemen, and all, yeah, the military, and all that stuff. Well, 
that's what we see in the natural, but they have that in the spirit, and they have it in both kingdoms. So we're going to talk about the chain of command. Now, everybody that engages in spiritual warfare knows this verse, so you all should know this. Ephesians 6.12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen? We don't fight against people. If you fight in the flesh, Satan will beat you every time. So we have to fight in the spirit. Okay? Don't fight in the flesh because you'll lose. Satan will whip your tail. So we don't fight against people. Here's what we fight against. Principalities. That is a spirit. This is a the people that see in the spirit. I remember Bree Keaton talked about seeing a, a principality. It was a big angel. That's what she saw. Fully armored with weapons. They didn't look like the lower ranking demons that looked like slimy frogs and snakes and stuff like that. Unclean spirits. These were, you know, these were generals. These were commanders. Okay, well, we have that in the kingdom of light. You know, we've got archangels and the angels in Revelation that uh, worship around the throne that, you know, are on our side. Then you have what they call powers, and these all have a different function and assignment in the spirit realm. Rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. This is what I call the spiritual pecking order. And that is in Ephesians 6:12, and there's more in other verses. So we all know that verse, right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. How about this one? Do we know this one? Colossians 1:6, for by him all were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, and then it goes on to name them. So this is, I, I, I love to talk about this, it's the invisible and the visible kingdoms. There's things that we can see, but there's a lot of stuff we cannot see. But that doesn't mean it's not there. So in this room that we can't see, there's, hopefully there's no demons, but there probably are some here, and there's angels. There's the invisible king kingdom, they're surrounding us. It's there all the time. And so the Lord made these things invisible. Now, you go, I can't see it, so it's not there. It's not real. Well, you can't see air, right? But you need it to breathe. And when it moves, you can see the wind, the, the wind push the trees, right? So there's a force out there that's invisible. Whether you believe it or not, you're in that kingdom. One of the kingdoms, so this talks about Thrones. Now, this is a spirit that has a function. It has a position in the spiritual pecking order. Or dominions. Now, a dominion, these things can be good things or they can be bad things because there's two kingdoms, okay? So you can have a good throne or a bad throne. You can have a good principality or an evil principality. So over this church, we should have a good principality or a good dominion or whatever so you get thrones dominions principalities powers and god created them all so they go where did the devil come from well god made him you know he made all this stuff and he is the boss so don't be afraid of satan 
if you're sinning, be afraid. If you're not sinning, he's on a little short leash. You, don't, you can put him under your foot. So don't be afraid of the enemy. So they say, you talk about him, you give him power, and he'll get you. Well, that's a lie. So I explained all this to you just to teach you about Baal Hermon. Here is what Baal Hermon means. It means Lord of Destruction. Doesn't that sound good? Lord of Destruction. Lord. We have a Lord of Peace, a Lord of Blessing, a Lord of Resurrection. This is the Lord of Obstant. He's a destroyer. Steal, kill, and destroy. We know who that is, right? The verb Baal, this is an action. It means to exercise dominion over. What's he going to exercise dominion over? Just take your finger and point it back and, and say us. He's going to exercise dominion over us. Break it down a little more. It means to own, to control, or be lord over. Put on the, because I'm going to control you. Take the, because I know what's good for you and I'm going to control you. You see how this is connected in the spirit realm yeah. and it plays on down the spiritual pecking order into the natural realm. The noun Baal means Lord, Master, even Husband. How would you like to be married to the devil? Yeah. <laughs> you might, yeah, there are some. Yes, we won't go that way. Deliverance. Uh, But you can be connected to something because you make an agreement with it. Maybe you don't say like, I, you know, like some of the uh, musicians in Hollywood or whatever, I make a covenant with the, a deal with the devil so I can get rich. You might not say it that way, but if you just say nothing and go along with it, you've basically said in the spirit realm, I agree. And there's an attachment. Yeah. Sitting on the fence is a bad place to sit. Now, the feminine part of which we should have Leslie here to talk about this. She kind of, this means mistress or landlady. So a landlady, a landlord, you have to pay them, right? Every month they come around to collect. And so this isn't good. The whole name Baal Hermon would mean something like this. Lord of designation or Lord of dominion, which means it has authority over you. Master of destruction, I put up master of disaster. We used to say that back in 1974 when it was in high school. So this is a bad, Baal is a bad person. Now, have you ever heard someone say, you're not the boss of me? Sure. Well, in the spirit realm, they are the boss. Well, they may not run your entire life, but they have influence over you. They have dominion over you. So they can, you know, you ever get a thought that if Jesus was standing right here, you'd go like, what am I doing? I can't think that because Jesus is right here. Okay, the thoughts that come into your head, you know, they come from these invisible forces and they have a assignment and many times it is take that thought take that thought take that thought and they wear you out because you don't say anything you just oh you know i don't know where that's coming from but you have to cut that off right away the faster the better 
rebuke it, command it to stay away, and sometimes you have to do it over and over and over until you can win. But most people have no idea about the spirit realm, and they have influence. And so over the course of their life, they have problems, drama. Amen? All right, let's check out some more scripture. The Philistines capture the ark, the ark of the covenant, God's chair, the mercy seat, with the manna, the ten commandments, and the rod that budded, Aaron's rod. So they took that, they captured the ark, 1 Samuel 4.10, and the Philistines fought and Israel was smitten. Not good. If you're going to go to battle, you want to win, right? Well, these guys didn't. They lost the ark. And they fled, every man to his tent. You know, they ran off. Ran back home hiding. Kind of like Elijah after he killed all the prophets of Baal. He ran to the cave because he goes, Jezebel is after me. He ran, uh, this guy ran from a woman. She must have been one bad woman. There was a very great slaughter for their fell of Israel, 30,000 footmen. And the ark of God was taken. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain. Now, I won't get into all this, but just a side note, Eli was a bad priest, and his uh, sons were idiots. And uh, there's drama in the family. Yeah, that's putting it pretty blunt, but he, he didn't, Eli did not please God, and neither did his sons. They, they were knuckleheads, as we call it around here. So uh, Eli's two sons there were slain. Where did the Philistines take the ark? First Samuel 5, 1 Samuel 5.1, the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. Now, this is a Philistine city. We'll talk more about Ashdod, but remember Dagon? Do we all know who Dagon is here? He's in the Bible. Fish God. A little fishy, right? I like to eat fish. This is a marine spirit. Where do you come up with all this stuff, Pastor Lou? Well, deliverance. God created things in the heaven, the earth, under the earth, and rivers or boundaries in the water, the sea, and everything that are therein, right? He made it all. There's spirits in the water. Do you have a marine spirit in your body? Yes. Where would that be? Well, your blood. It could be a generational curse in your bloodstream. You know, uh, as a human being, we're, um, I don't know the exact number, but we're about 80% water. We're, you know, a lot of water. So we have water here, which can harbor a marine spirit. Marine spirits work on your mind. Jonah, we know he was swallowed by a big fish, and Nineveh was the city where they set Dagon up, the fish god, right? So this has all to do with fish god marines. Worshipping fish. And the Pope has the fish hat. 1 Samuel 5, 3. And when they of Ashdod arose early in the morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. Okay. What's going to happen in the end times? They're going to fall on their face and worship our God. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest, for thou only art holy. You know, when I'm doing deliverance, sometimes I say, 
I command you to bow and confess Jesus as Lord, find your exit, and leave. They have to obey the word of God. Dagon is, uh, you know, he's wood, hay, stubble. It's just, a, you know, first you have a lie, then you have an idol, then you have a demon behind that idol. This is how the spirit realm works. So they put the ark in Ashdod and put it in the same place where Dagon was. And the next day, Dagon fell down before the Lord. Oh, and they said, this can't be. And they took Dagon and set him back up. This went on and on. And I think he finally fell over and broke his head off. <laughs> See, God has a sense of humor. I love it. Yeah, I mean, the Bible's pretty cool. You can't make it up. It's so cool. <laughs> First Samuel 5, 6. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod. Now, if you want the hand of the Lord on you, you want it to be a blessing. You don't want it to be, when it says heavy, that means you're smacking them around. And he destroyed them. Now, this is our loving Jesus who would never hurt a fly. You know, I hear that. Oh, that's not your God, my God. You know, my God would never hurt a fly. Well, you know, wait and see. And he smote them with hemorrhoids. Who knows what that is? Yeah. Hemorrhoids. Our God smote them with hemorrhoids. Yeah, ow. I heard that. Ow. Even Ashdod and the coast thereof. So the whole town and the coast. 1 Samuel 6. So now the Philistines got a problem. They go, we don't like what's going on, so let's return the ark. <laughs> this is no fun at all. <laughs> and the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. I think this is interesting. Seven. We have a lot of talking about a lot of sevens in Spirit of Prophecy Church and Prophecy Club perfect number and the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners stop right there no when it says diviners this is new age this is end of the world type stuff this is charismatic witchcraft it's divining it's calling on the dark side Bible in basic English says those who were wise in secret arts You've heard of secret societies? Well, in the secret societies, they have secret rituals and secret arts. And some of them say, well, it's just magic. It's divining. It's talking with the dead. And a whole lot much more stuff that is against the word of God and the will of God. And so they said, see, the Philistines don't worship the God we worship. They called on the dark side. What are we going to do? They got the priests and the magicians. They're saying, what shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us where we shall send it. In other words, we got to get this thing out of here because we got problems. And they said, if you send away the ark of God, the ark of the God of Israel, send it not away empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering, then you shall be healed. So, this is interesting. In the Old Testament in Leviticus, they talk about different offerings. And one of the offerings is a trespass offering. And so they're actually quoting some 
sort of biblical scripture offering. And also, when we do the feast, it says, Every man shall come on the three feasts before the Lord, and you shall not come empty. The Lord doesn't want us to be broke. He wants us to come and give something. Now, one of the givings is the tithe, the 10%. We're supposed to, that's just a given. And enough about that. But they're going to do a trespass offering. They're going to send something back with the ark. Oh, this is even more funny. And it should be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. For then they said, what shall be the trespass offering which we shall return to him? They answered, five, because how many lords of the Philistines were there? Five golden emeralds. Okay, picture this. We're, we're going to go to the jewelry store and get a ring. Okay, now these guys go to the jewelry store and we go, we'd like five golden hemorrhoids. <laughs> Give me five golden hemorrhoids. And it doesn't say this, but you can surmise by the next few words that five golden mice. So not only with the hemorrhoids, but the Lord sent mice in there and they were, okay, we put down some rat poison over some wheat the other day. You know, they're dead mice. But these guys had overrun with mice. They called it a plague. And so five golden emeralds and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. For one plague was on you all and on your lords. So the Lord sent them a plague. Who were these five lords? We don't know, but we do know where they were from. This is important. So why does God put all this stuff in the Bible and we don't like the Old Testament because it doesn't make no sense. Well, you dig it out, right? Revelation, you can get some revelation if you dig it. Mining for gold, not golden emeralds, golden nuggets, amen. <laughs> you know, if I found a golden emeroid in my yard, I think I'd cash it in. So whatever, you know, it's money, right? Pay some bills. <laughs> First Samuel 6, 17 and 18. And these are the golden emeralds which the Philistines returned for a trespass offering unto the Lord. Okay, these are the names. Ashdod, Gaza, we've heard of Gaza, right? Ashkelon, Gath, we've heard of that. Ekron. And the golden mice, according to the number of the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords, both of fenced cities and of country villages. So they're saying, basically, forgive us. That's what they're saying. You know, here's my offering. Here's the ark. Now, we want to be healed. Okay, what did I just say? Okay, they're, so the fenced cities and the country villages, even unto the great stone of Abel, where they set down the ark of the Lord, which stone remaineth unto this day in the field of Joshua, the Bethshemite. There's another ite. That's a good ite. Joshua. Joshua. He took over Moses' job. He's a good ite. Good ite, my friend. <laughs> okay, so the great stone of Abel, that is a landmark. And so... The Bible talks about, you know, the stones and the boundaries and the rivers. These are all borders and these are territories and these are marks that sometimes we just take for granted. But even our states, a lot of time, Mississippi River cuts down a lot of states and separates it. 
So these, this is a landmark, and in those boundaries are different principalities and spirits and good and bad that govern and control. So for instance, I'm not saying this is Texas, but you could have a spirit of uh, perversion in Texas, and in Iowa you could have a spirit of gambling. And then you could have a spirit of prosperity in Texas and a spirit of you know, love in Texas. So you know, I'm not saying that's what it is, I'm just saying as an example. So the landmarks, they split these things up. Joshua 11.22, there was none of the Anakims. Now, who knows what an Anakim is? They're giants. They were supposed to, you know, we're supposed to lop their head off, right? Go through the promised land, kill these guys. And not only them, wife, kids, children, animals, wipe them out, you know. I mean, obliterate them. And then you can have the land. So there was none of the Anakims left in the land of the children of Israel. And then, but or only in Gaza, in Gath, and in Ashdod there remained. This was against God's plan. That's supposed to be there. We're supposed to wipe them out completely. Now, if you want to, back on deliverance, if you want to get free, it does take, there's a process and it takes time, but the end game is to wipe them out completely so you can be totally free. Sometimes it, it takes a, there's a time you know, it's not a destination, it's a journey. It's time, but the, as, as you fight, you get freer and freer until you're totally free of these giants. Amen? Amen. Okay, here's the point. Point one of this teaching. What does Ashdod mean? Dead. Does it sound good, right? Destroyed, depressed. No one in America is depressed, are they? Oh, they're in the church? Depressed people in the church? Robbed? Anybody in the church robbed? You know, uh, in uh, Malachi it says, you rob me. How? Tithes and offerings, okay? You rob God, you can, you know, he knows how to get your money one way or the other. Spoiled. Soon he says it's not him doing that. Mrs. Young's talking about free will right now. I think, I think she wants to come up and teach. <laughs> Spoiled. Now, is there anybody in America that's spoiled? This guy right here. You know, I like to come in outside into the house when it's hot and flip the AC on and, and be cool and drink iced tea. You know, I like to have all the creature comforts that we have, so we're spoiled, but that's, a, that's in a good way. That's right. That's in a good way. But do we have people running around protesting and throwing bottles at the police and rioting and politicians going against the will and the word of God? They're spoiled. You know, I can't watch TV anymore because the news is it's just a repeat. It's the same thing over and over and over. The politicians, the left and the right, they're both rotten. 
they're, they're both spoiled. They're fighting like little five-year-old kids. You know, in fact, small children would probably make better decisions. Amen. They're spoiled. You know, I don't really care if this offends you. I'm not trying to make you mad, but, you know, the church needs to grow up. We're not united. We need to come together. We need to stop splitting hairs over all the stuff. Come to Mrs. Young. She'll cut the hairs off. Okay, also laid waste. This is Ashdod. This is a spirit. Ashdod is a spirit. No, it doesn't say that exactly in the Bible, but this is a characteristic. So when you're looking at somebody and doing deliverance, you don't need to know the name of the spirit. What you need to diagnose is what is the function? How are they acting? Well, this is, you know, a function. Ashdod was a stronghold, a Philistine city, Joshua 15:47, about midway between Gaza and Joppa and three miles from the Mediterranean Sea. It says Mediterranean. It was one of the chief seats of the worship of Dagon. They worshiped the fish god. Now, people worship all kinds of stuff, snakes, trees, you know, they call them tree huggers. They worship nature like the earth is global warming, so you got to pay taxes for your carbon footprint because my God is nature. You know, they call it Mother Nature, my God. So the environmentalists have a God. It's not our God. It's creation. They worship the creation rather than the creator. These guys were worshiping a fish. How stupid is that? No, I like to eat fish with hot sauce, so that's what I do with fish. I might tell you I catch a lot of fish when I go fishing because I pray that they come and they come, okay? <laughs> That's how to catch a lot of fish. Just in case you want to know how to fish, pray and you will catch them. Amen. It belonged to the tribe of Judah. Now, this is really interesting. What tribe did Jesus come from? Judah. He came from this tribe, but his forefathers didn't wipe the giants out. How odd. I wonder if our forefathers did something good or bad, that pleased God or didn't please God. You know, this just isn't in the Bible for a novel. The Lord is trying to show how to live your life. But it never came into their actual possession. Okay, ask yourself a question. Do you have something that you've been praying for but you just can't get? It's never come into your possession. Or you had a prophecy. This is going to happen, but it hasn't. Okay, I have. I've had things that I'm still, hey, I haven't given up. I'm still believing God. He's able. His arm is not too short. Okay, but these guys didn't wipe the giants out, and so they never actually were able to own it. Oh, another controversial scripture. Zechariah 9, 6. And the bastard shall dwell in Ashdod. Okay? And I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. No. There is a curse called the bastard curse. So, when you, this is a sexual curse. When you have sex and create a child, you're not married, then this is attached to people. And a lot of people have this. And the good news is you can break that. But this particular spirit operates, uh, you'll be in a room with a lot of people, but you feel isolated. You can never make a connection. 
Um, you don't feel comfortable in church. Uh, many times you get married over and over and over. You cannot settle down. You're always starting and you got big plans, but it falls to the ground. You just can't, you know, you, you can get it started, but you never get anywhere. It just failure after failure. This is how this curse works. But with the name of Jesus and the blood of the lamb, we can repent for the ancestors and cut that off, and you can become a member of the congregation. Amen. Because it says cut off. This is a 10-generational curse. No, these curses, the way they work is they start, and it goes for 10 generations. If you know how to break it, you can break it. It will continue until someone knows how to break it. So these things, you know, it's a given. They're 10 year, 10 generations. And, you know, the enemy at your ear like you know have sex before marriage these self-perpetuate they can go on for generation after gen more than 10 so until someone knows how to break it and it can be broken in the name of jesus okay um gaza means fierce greed you know i see i i see this stuff in the old testament and apostle stan talks about Babylon is America, and when I see these, I see America. You know, I see Ashdod in America. I see Gaza in America. I see fierce greed. You know, where are you going to walk over the next person to get your way? Is that what the word Gaza means? Is fierce greed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, these names all have meanings. So I'm just breaking you down what they mean. Um, I may have this in this slide. This, this is going to be a two-week teaching, and it possibly could be three. But Gordon Gecko, which was, I can't think of his real name, in, in the movie was, uh, it was, I think, uh, one of the lines was, I can't even think of the title of it, but he said, greed is good. Well, greed is not good. It's not good at all. But fierce greed, this is like out of control greed. This is what Gaza means. This is a function of the spirit. Okay, now you'll, don't ask me about the goats. There's the goat whisper right here. Sunni is the goat whisper. But there, here's another picture of Gaza, a strong goat. Can they not bruise you, Sunni? If you're not looking, what do they do? Yeah. Gaza is like the spirit of goat. They're, you know, you can't put sheep and goats together because the goats will beat the sheep up. The, the sheep are just, you know, fuzzy little, fun little critters. But goats, you got to always keep an eye on them. Don't turn your back on them. Okay, it was a city on the Mediterranean shore, remarkable for its early importance as a chief center of a great commercial traffic with Egypt. See, I see America here again. Great commerce with the world. Well, who is that? It's America. Fierce greed. You know, I don't have a problem with prosperity. I like it. And in fact, I like to work for people that are prosperous because they don't have a problem writing a check or paying cash. And sometimes they go, I don't care what it costs. So 
So I like to hang out with people that have lots of money. It's good for me. But greed, we don't want, we don't want that. Not for us, not for the Christian. Amen? It was one of the oldest cities of the world. Scripture, scripture, in the division of the land, it fell to the lot of Judah again. Two strikes. They didn't take Gaza out either. Ashdod and Gaza, they didn't take them out. It was the southernmost of the five great Philistine cities, which gave each a golden emerald as a trespass offering unto the Lord. Its gates were carried away by Samson. Here's another guy who was an anointed judge that hung out with the wrong girl that had a big fat mouth that couldn't shut up and uh, it cost him his life. This is a sex sin that Samson had a perversion, a perverse spirit. Another day, another story. Samson. He killed a lot of Philistines. He, he was anointed. God anointed Samson. He was a warrior, but he was a dumb warrior. And we're not going to be dumb warriors, right? Here he was afterwards a prisoner. So Samson told his strength. They cut off his hair. And now they captured him. That's what the enemy will do. Don't tell everybody your secrets and your prophecies because then they will use it against you. And it says, Samson did grind in the prison house. They put him to work. They put his eyes out, too. He was blind. Here he also pulled down the temple of Dagon and slew all the lords of the Philistines, himself also perishing in the ruin. There's your story in Judges. Judges is, is an interesting book. Ashkelon. What does this mean? Pay. Pay me now. Pay me later, right? Receive. We're talking about finances, or you owe something, to be spent thoroughly. How many Christians, don't raise your hand, how many Christians are broke? Well, quite a few that I talk to, you know. No, bad things happen to good people, but you know, we're, we're at the end of the dart rail, so we got homeless out here. They come in and go, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm homeless or whatever they got a story but I bet they're doing something that is against God's will and God's word and if they would join the congregation guess what we would do we would help them we've had several people that you know usually they can't sit here and endure the doctrine but if they'll sit here and join the congregation you know we love them we'll help them and we've got several examples of people that we're under the bridge that are working and got a place to live now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It's Jesus. It's not what we do. To suspend. Okay, do we have anything? You, you ever heard, I got all the balls up in the air? You know, they're all going to come down like rotten eggs. <laughs> all at once. It's a weighing place. So this is, you know, I see judgment. You know, two-edged sword, judgment, day of atonement. Day of Atonement, pay up. You ever heard that? Mm-hmm, sure. Can't pay your bills. 
Okay, we're about to end here today. Proverbs 6.31. I like this. This is a warfare scripture. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. And he shall give all the substance of his house. So God says, when you find that the thief is broken in, and you find him, you grab him, and he pays you back sevenfold. He took one chicken out of your chicken house. You caught him. You got to give back seven chickens. Yeah, this is God. Let's look at one more slide here. Oh, we got to do this slide. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. We moved some wheat the other day. Young buck like me throw that stuff around 50 pounds like no sweat. Yeah, I think we got more coming. A penny means you work all day for a measure of wheat. What it's really saying is you work all day and they give you a loaf of bread. We got some bread. Come and get your bread right here. <laughs> okay, we'll stop right there. Okay. So online, thank you for watching and stay tuned because in 15 minutes at 1030, we're going to have a service, church service. It's already started. It started at 930. So Father in heaven, bless the donuts, bless the food, bless the bread made from hard red, hard white wheat, right? Amen. And let's have fellowship for 15 minutes and come back in here. Don't be late in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You have Sharonda and Leslie here. Is that okay now? They're saying hi. We love you. I want to say thank you. Sharonda does too for all of your prayers. We definitely feel the prayers and the anointing of your prayers. So please keep them up. Uh, we've been very safe. We have been uh, treated very, very well. And we have escorts everywhere we go. And feel very, very blessed. Um, there's also a house that has orphanage. And we just, Sharon and I just had four of the young girls. They wanted to give us a massage. And it was wonderful. I've been ministering all day. So uh, we are being very well treated. And uh, the food has been great. And no curry. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Tell them so, about the parade. Uh, Right. Oh, no, we, when we went to we went to a village yesterday, and they marched us through the village with a banner, which I'm bringing back the banner. It has uh, Pastor Michael, which is Pastor Missy Michael's um, picture on it, and my picture, and that's what we ministered to in this church. And so they they did like a little parade through the little village, which was awesome. I've never felt so warm and such a warm and wonderful greeting in all my life. And I'm sure Sharonda, you said it again. Oh, big old flowers, flowers thrown at us. Yeah, they, it was like I was at a wedding. They were throwing flowers at us. And uh, and they put these big, I don't even know what to call them, a big like banner thing over us. And um, just made us feel wonderful. And they received the ministry and they received the word and... Um, so yeah, I think it was really good. It was a it was a, it was a brand new startup church, but it was, it was in this little bitty village. It took a while to try to find it because it's way out 
from somewhere in nowhere, Texas. Um, but the people were absolutely loving and kind like I've never felt before in my life. So God is good. Tomorrow we go to another place and and uh, we'll be back in La Jolla on Thursday. On Thursday, no. Uh, and then on Wednesday we get to go to David Carter's wedding. Tuesday, Tuesday we're doing we're going to David Carter's wedding. Yeah, Tuesday David Carter's getting married to a Pakistan woman. David Carter, those of you that don't know, yeah, we're David Ball Carter's guy. wedding. He's yes. getting married there. Can you believe it? He's getting married there on Tuesday. Uh, uh, Pastor Michael and I will be um, praying a blessing over them, and then he said I was to preach the message to the to the wedding group. So we'll see how that goes. And then, um, so that's a wedding on Tuesday. And um, also, I have, and Uncle Sam will have a doctor of ministry. So y'all can call me Dr. Leslie now. And also, Sam, Dr. Dr. Sam. Johnson. <laughs> Dr. Johnson. <laughs> and it's a, it's a beautiful certificate. So I'm excited about bringing that back home. Um, Anyway, we've just been so blessed, and I wanted to say thank you all again for your prayers and your fasting. Uh, it's definitely you. needed, and it's definitely working, and we do appreciate it. I think, uh, Denise, I think they have a little bit of, of a clip uh, from our preaching, um, what not, Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night. Well, it's several thousand people at this church, and so I'll have them show that to you, and you can see a little bit of taste of what's going on here in Pakistan. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Everybody's very excited about that. Yeah. So thank Dr. you, Dr. Johnson, and, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Yes. We are very, very humble. And makes you remember where you come from. Yeah. It makes you just know how well and how blessed we are. Even though there's trouble in our nation, still, I'm still thankful that we live where we didn't live. Anyway, well, God bless everybody. Y'all have a wonderful service, and I hope you can um, hear the message that the short message that that Denise made up for the video clip. Anyway, God bless everybody. We love you. Let's go. And we'll, we'll, we'll see you all soon. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you for Christmas. <laughs> yes, you will. All right, love you. Okay, love you too. Bye bye. Okay, welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. We are not light. We are not light. I had something I had to discuss with our congregation that I could not allow to go out onto the internet. So I had to take a few minutes. So we're not really late. We've actually been started. But now we're really going to start the, uh, the service this morning. Prophet Leslie. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> All right, just a few announcements. Actually, it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> Bible study is Fridays at 6.30 to 8. If you want to get a Whataburger with Stan and everybody else, meet there at 5.30. Sundays, we have training and equipping that starts at 9.30. Uh, so if you can, please be here by 9.30. That's really when we're saying the service is starting. And then praise and worship starts at 10.30. So in between coffee, donuts, cereal, Pop-Tarts, whatever floats your boat. Bread, <laughs> lots and lots of bread. Um, let's see. Uh, yes, so Leslie and Sharonda and Melissa, Pastor Massey, Esther, 
uh, they are in Pakistan right now. They were in Dubai last week. So um, make sure you're still praying on the days that you decided to pray and fast. It's very important while they're over there. They're having a great time and ministering to lots and lots of people. I do have a short video clip I would like to share after I'm done with these announcements to kind of get you a feel of what they're doing. Also, Friend Day will be October 31st. So if you haven't already grabbed one of these, I know there's very few left. I was hoping to have some printed for this Sunday uh, to hand out. So if you have one, grab one. There's a few up here and I think some back there on the front table. I will have lots more for you to start handing out next week as well. Uh, let's see. So we're um, on the 31st, Friend Day. Everybody bring a guest, grocery mart people, gas person, whoever. In, you know, invite those to come and share the gospel of the Lord. We're going to make it fun and exciting for everyone. We're going to have some games, some food, kids activities, um, balloons, and we should have our new sign up by then. That'd be awesome. Intercessory prayer. If you want to be added to the intercessory prayer group, uh, contact Carolyn and she'll get you um, on that. See, October 7th, is we're going to be doing the intercessory prayer here. And that's when we need our prayer warriors, our intercessors to come pray for those who need healing, pray for those who need a salvation, pray for our nation. Very powerful. So all of us are intercessors first, as you've heard, and we've previously talked before. So please come if you're available to come. That's October 7th. That's this Thursday. Wow. Can't believe October is coming fast. Um, Thanksgiving dinner will be Sunday after service on November 14th, and we're letting you know ahead of time so you can start preparing for that. November 14th, we need a head count per person, so don't just say the Richitelli family, tell us each person so we know how many we're feeding. Invite those to come along, but we do need an exact head count. If someone can't come, let us know ahead of time so we can fit some other people in there. It's a great time to come and fellowship. Um, also, we have... A birthday, birthday girl, come on up. You're 12 years old, right? So we do the birthdays all the way until 13. Um, so get your dollar bills, your $20 bills, your $100 bills out. We want to spoil this little girl, Adelie, and uh, give her a good time for her birthday and embarrass her. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? Uh, so come on up. Let's bless her with some money. I will start. I got... I'm sorry, it's missing a zero. A $10 bill. I'll make it up for you. Uh, come on up, bring it up for her. We want to bless her and sing happy birthday. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Look at that. You're going to go buy me lunch, right? <laughs> you need a loan? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so awesome. 12 years old, she's got next year, and then that's it. Getting so big. Oh, here's another one. You want to reach down and grab that one? <laughs> All right, thank you. I'm good. Now we're going to have communion. Uh, Pastor San or Pastor, Pastor Lou? Oh, soon he won't come on up. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs>
Uh, we have few people we need to pray for healings. And uh, before we do that, I want Tanja to stand up, please. Oh, you want to come over? She has a praise report. She wants to glorify Jesus. Come on up, pretty red lady here. <laughs> I want to give God praise, honor, and glory because I was diagnosed with diabetes um, in July, and it was really bad. And um, I heard from the doctor. It was unexpected. She sent an email last week, I think it was Thursday, and uh, with labs. Um, my labs show I have no diabetes. <laughs> God healed me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Be encouraged. Thank you, Lord. So we wanted to praise him for the great report, what Jesus has done for her. And we're also expecting Jesus to heal these people. We're going to pray. Um, Jessica and Jackson and Priscilla. Uh, uh, Jessica has a migraine, which is no place in her. We're going to pray. Jackson, ear infection or ear wreck, and Priscilla with the UTI. So uh, I am going to choose a few people here. Come forward, okay? Barb, Carolyn. It's not a firing squad. <laughs> no, you. It's a, you know, the name of Jesus is a powerful name. That's how we're going to do this. So you're going to pray for Jessica, migraines. After that, Jackson, Eric. Then I will pray for Priscilla. Jackson. Uh, Are you going to pray or sing? Barbara. 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 Are you going to pray or sing? Father in heaven, we thank you for... For Jessica, we thank you, Lord, that we can we can stand on your word. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that demonic spirit of migraine. And we command it to leave you now in the name of Jesus. Be healed. You have no place in her. We cancel your assignment of evil right now. Go in the name of Jesus Christ. And thank you, Father, for healing her. No more headaches. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Father God, I lift up Jackson, our brother, to you, Lord. Lord, your word says that where two or more are gathered, Lord, you're there in our midst. Your word also said you died for our sicknesses and our sins. Lord, I just pray for healing for Jackson. In your son's name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. Pray for Priscilla with UTI and plus whatever else is coming after her. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we come boldly to your throne room right now. And we bring Priscilla. Lord, there's no sickness in us, Lord, because you already finished at the cross. So according to your word, Lord, I pray for her, Lord, UTI. You go from her right now in the name of Jesus Christ to Nazareth. We cover that with the blood of Jesus. You pass over right now. In the name of Jesus. And I speak to her um, urinary tract and all the female area and every connected in a, in a body system. I say be healed right now in Jesus' name. And especially the toxins, that the poison 
and that, that UTI, you are under my feet. You leave her right now in Jesus' name. I lay my hands on in the spirit in her head. I say, be healed. Because your word said, when we lay hands on, they shall be healed. So be healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. like to add my warm welcome to our esteemed guest, Pastor Michael Massey, Sister Leslie, and another sister. So this is extremely happiness and gladness for us that the people of the Lord came all over from America and these people are here to minister the word of God. I would like to give them gift of honor through our tradition. Pastor Riyaz Saab Aenge or Pastor Michael Saab Ko Mala Pehanakar welcome Karenge. Zor Da Taliyomeh. Gigi. Please come or sister Yangi or into Mala Panakar welcome. That your life to be life will be multiplied. That you could go all over the world. To preach the gospel. Sister, come up. She's gonna preach to you guys. Praise the Lord. Jesus is the only way. Can we praise the Lord? Give him more praise in here. Zordar taliyan khudam Yeshu Masih ke liye. Jesus. Jesus. Kahiye Yeshu. Amen. 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 Accept him now as your God. Abhi usko apna khudam usko apna munaji kubul kar lijiye. That's the greatest miracle of all. You see the hands? You see the hands back there in the back? Hallelujah. Someone up there, raise your hand. You accept Jesus as your God? Say, Jesus, you're my Lord. I accept you, Jesus, as my God. Hallelujah. 
particular network that she's on has 9.8 million subscribers. Wow. Now, to put that into context, Fox has like 8.2. Wow. They have more subscribers on that network that she was just speaking on than Fox News. So she was talking to a lot of folks out there. Okay, so now it's time for us once a month to take a communion. And we don't have a whole lot of rituals in the new Christian church, but this is one of them. And this is the most important one because this is where we remember the most important thing in the universe in all of human history, and that is when Jesus allowed himself to be hung on the cross as our sacrifice, as our lamb to take away our sins. The, the judgment was to do us. When we fell, when we sinned, when we made a mistake, when we did that before a righteous and a holy God, at that point, we deserved to die. But it's like, I heard this story one time about a very harsh schoolmaster. This schoolmaster would absolutely not put up with anything that anyone was breaking any rules. No one broke the rules because when they broke the rules, they got beaten. But this one small, skinny, frail young man stole someone's lunch. And finally, it came to the schoolmaster's attention. The schoolmaster says, who did this? Come forward. And the little thin man stood up, a little boy, and he said, I did it. And everybody's heart just dropped because they knew that this, this young man could not take what was about to be handed out to him. But a big, strong, large boy raised his hand and he says, I'll take his punishment. And he went for it and he took the punishment. See, that's what Jesus did for us. As soon as we sinned, we deserved death. But Jesus stepped up and said, I'll take the punishment. Okay, now, what kind of punishment? Well, see, the Bible says that Jesus endured the most painful death in human history. So, right now, for us to remember this moment, I want to take us to that moment. So, Jesus, I already talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Jesus was already in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he had been praying. The two disciples fell asleep. They weren't able to pray with him. He was praying, Father, is there some other way that we can save mankind? Is there another way that we can do this so that I don't have to endure this painful, painful death? He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So he got up. They walked in immediately. The high priest soldiers came around, arrested him. Peter, in the flesh decided he was going to take care of these soldiers, pulled his sword and, and swung at one of the soldiers. In those days, they wore helmets, and there was probably an ear sticking out of the helmet, and probably what he did was just shear off the ear. Jesus reached down and picked up the ear and put it back on the man, totally whole, and what all of the soldiers should have recognized, they should have said, ha, ha, wait, 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 wait. Let's think about what we're doing here. Do we really want to arrest this man? He just put my ear. You saw it. You see the blood still there. My ear. You, he just put my ear back on and you're going to arrest this guy? 
But that was only the beginning. He allowed them to arrest him. He could have called 12 legions of angels. Just one angel killed 185,000 Philistines. So then they took him before Pontus. They took him before the law. They took him before the judges. And the secular judges says, <laughs> My wife had a dream. Told me not to have anything to do with this boy. I don't see that he's done anything wrong. But the Jews over there, because they had to have a sacrifice, and they were filled with the devil, they said, crucify him. That wasn't enough for these people full of hate. Do we have people in government today full of hate? Yes, yes we do. Do we have people in government today that sometimes cheat in... Mm, yes, we do. <laughs> But that wasn't enough. They had to mock him. So they took him into their private chambers. They stripped him down. And that was probably totally naked. And then they put on a, this purple robe on him because that, in those days, that's what royalty, that's what kings wore. So they put on a pur purple robe. And then when I was in Israel, they showed us what they believe that they made the crown of thorns with. And it's this vine. This vine has lots of little bitty... Uh, like like needles about that long. They're very, very thin thorns, like, like needles, not big, thick things, but a little bitty. And he said they, they made that into a big round crown like this, and they push it down on his head, so it just it ran all of these needles, hundreds of needles, all into his, into his head. And of course, when your, your scalp is, begins to bleed, it bleeds a lot, and it doesn't stop. It bleeds and bleeds and bleeds and bleeds. So he probably had blood running all down his face. But that wasn't enough. Then they slapped him. They pulled his beard out. They mocked him. They made fun of him. Oh, I thought you're the king of the Jews. I thought you're somebody special. You said you're the, God, the, the son of God. And they mocked him. They made fun of him. But that's not where it ended. Then they took him out and they tied him down and they beat him. Now, uh, I talked about a, a cat of nine tail because that's the only thing that I'd understood at this point, the way they beat them. But according to, well, he's in the back running our video equipment, Doug has done some more research and he's going to show you what they really beat Jesus with. But for now, I'll still tell you the, the cat of nine tail. But what he's going to tell you, he's having, well, I won't, I won't steal his thunder, but it's... <laughs> It's worse. But if he'd been beat with a cat of nine tail, what that is is a leather straps. There's nine of them. And inside those, they tied pieces of glass and bone and metal. So when they hit the back of the person, it stuck. Kind of like grass birds has talked about. It just stuck. And when they pulled it, it pulled out chunks of flesh. So after they beat him, by the way, it was 39 lashes, 39 of those. Each time they got hit with nine of those stripes, and each one of the, those straps, strips of leather had several of those pieces of glass and bone and metal on them. So just one lash pulled like that, his back is bleeding. So by the time he got 39 lashes, he basically had no more flesh on his back. It was just bone sticking out. They, he's, they're not done. Now that he's got 39 lashes, he has no more flesh on his back, 
And he did this for Justin. He did this for Sunni. He did this for me. He did this for you. He, he said, no one takes my life. I lay it down. I gave my life. But then they get done and they nail him to the cross. And they put the nails in, I believe, right there. Because if they put it there, it just pulls out. They're up there. For, it takes them like three days to die. They don't die from lack of water. They'll give them water. They don't die from lack of food. They die because they asphyxiate. So they put the nail in here. They put the nail in here, right there. They're literally nailed. But the nails don't kill them. The nails just go right by the arteries, right by the ligaments, right by the bones. And so they're, it's as if they were handcuffed up there. So what do they die from? They die because they're, they're like this and they have to like push up to take a breath. Well, the reason they broke the bones on the other two is they wanted to die quickly. So they broke the leg bones. That way they can't push up. So they just... After a while, you, you just, your, your, your muscles will no longer lift you up so you can take a breath. So they die from asphyxiation. But Jesus, they came to him and he was already dead. Why was he already dead? Oh, because he's weaker. No. He's already dead because he gave his life. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I, I give my spirit unto you. He gave his body. He gave his blood. He gave all of this pain. Why? So that we can have our sins washed away. So we can have another chance. So that we can live eternally with him. He didn't have to. What we can't understand is the father knew the end from the beginning. Before there was light, before there was earth, before there was life, before, 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 the first thing that happened is the father gave the son a book, a book of life, with everyone's name in it that would be saved, that could be saved. Because if a name's not in the book of life, it's like talking to a telephone pole. I remember when I was age nine, all of a sudden the curtains pulled back and I saw at age nine, I was a sinner. I needed a savior. At age nine, I knew I needed to receive Jesus. That's what has to happen. That's what he did for us. What we do now is in remembrance of that event, the most important event in human history. Bring that up, please. Now, just before this had happened, this is what they'd done in the upper room. Go ahead, let me. They, this, is, uh, this represents the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, each one of these, <clears throat> we're going to pray over them. Lord, we thank you for the body and blood that you sacrificed, that you gave on the cross for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, go ahead and distribute. Now, each one that is saved, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, you can take this. If you have not, don't take it. Because the Bible says if you take this unworthily, you can get sick and even die. So don't take this unless you've accept, accepted Jesus. And even though the kids may say, no, no, I want it, mm -mm, if they haven't accepted Jesus, they don't get this. Now, you can accept Jesus and you can get it. But don't take it unless you've accepted Jesus. Now, you pull the little top cellophane off, and that little round piece of foam in there is really not foam. 
That's really unleavened bread. Unleavened, see, leaven represents sin. Leaven is what makes the dough rise. But Jesus had no leaven. He had no sin. So this unleavened bread, by the way, bread, bread representing Jesus. We were talking about that. Right? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. This unleavened bread represents the body of Jesus. And in just a minute, we're going to take it. And in just a minute, we're going to take this grape juice that represents the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for us. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we accept this unleavened bread as your body. We accept this grape juice as representing your blood. And we, we remember the finished work on the cross that you did for us to wash our sins away, to give us eternal life. In Jesus' name. So in the upper room, Jesus handed around the unleavened bread, and he says, take, eat. This is my body that is broken for you. And they all ate. And we all ate. Then he handed around the cup, and he says, this is a new testament, a new covenant. A new way of having your sins forgiven. No more bulls and goats and turtle doves. Now it's my blood. And they all drank. And I'll turn it over to the praise and worship team. Let's stand up. Let's give him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, let me see your hands. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging seas, my God, he holds a victory, amen. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Yes, he does. Because he hung up on that cross. And he rose up from that grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. Come on. We shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We were the beggars. 
Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We were forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing grace. Come on, let me hear you singing. Hallelujah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Come on, let me shout it out. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Hallelujah. Are you guys blessed? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. The joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. Hallelujah. Shout it out, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your mighty name. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful with the streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be. Blessed be your name. When I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing, and every blessing you pour out, I, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes, come on, we're going to stand up. Still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name. When the sun is shining down on me. When the world's all that it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. On the road marked with suffering. Though the pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing. Every blessing you pour out. I, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name 
of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, say blessed. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. And every blessing you pour out on I turn back to praise. We won't stop when the darkness closes in, Lord. Still, I will lift your voices. The name of the Lord. Come on, sing it out. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. Singing my heart, my heart will choose to say, Blessed be your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is going to be our strength. Blessed be the name. We will not stop. We will not back down. We're going to keep pushing on and keep moving forward and praising his name. Hallelujah. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. Yes, you do. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. And there's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. Come on, declaring it. Hallelujah. So when I fight, I will fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay down your feet. I sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? That's my God. For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. And when I see all the ashes, you see the beauty. You see an empty tomb. He's alive. Hallelujah. So when I fight, I will fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. 
and every fear I lay at your feet. Passing through the night, oh God, the battle belongs to you. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the battle. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. An almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. An almighty fortress. You go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Hallelujah! So when I fight, I will fight on my knees. With my hands lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I Lay at your feet, I sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Hallelujah, He fights our battles, and we win every victory. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You died upon that cross. It's the reasons we are here. The reasons we are healed and we call you by name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. Every man will bow down and say you are King. So let's start right now. Why should we wait? King of glory, fill this place. I just wanna be with you. Just wanna be with you. King of glory, fill this place. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. Every man. We'll bow down and say you are king. Hallelujah. So let's start right now. Come on. Why would we wait? We can praise him now in victory. 
Pakistan and Dubai, they can't freely praise him. They have to come together in a secure place to call him Jesus. But we have the time and the place and we can go out of our doors, go on our rooftops and shout the precious name of Jesus. So why should we wait? They should start right now. Take that home. Praise his name. Praise him in all things. And win that battle. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Encouraging word. Encouraging word. Don't be fearful. Don't be fearful what's happening or surrounding us. If we are planted in the rock, our King Jesus Christ of the Nazareth, things going to happen in our area. Wind's going to blow, storm comes. 
Rain's going to come. You will influence our life, our surrounding, but we will not be shaken. Amen. You look at the revelation from the beginning to the end, everything is already finished. Days are numbered already. We know when it's begun and when it's finished. We are walking through. Jesus finished already. There is a point of time. The Creator set before all of us. Nobody going to trump Him. So don't worry what's happening in your personal life. And don't bite your fingernail. Because when you do that, you're making agreement with the fear. And it's going to come and make a havoc in your life. So I cut and settle that right now in the name of Jesus. So be comforted. There is a point of time for each and every one of us, our church, and every member. But Lord Jesus said, do not worry. Look up. Your redemption is night. So encouraging word for you from the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him some praise. Father God, we come humbly before you, and we thank you for this time we can come and hear the Spirit of the Lord. And we thank you for that word, that sure word, and we accept that, that glory and that praise. And Father God, we will fear not in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask right now that you would come um, upon the pastor stand right now and anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And Father God, that his voice would be a resounding sound and it would penetrate those hearts all around, that they would accept and they would hear this, what the Spirit of the Lord has for them. Open up their ears and their hearts to receive. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now I'm on. Test one, two. There you go. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals there because thou wast slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation that's made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Lord, we thank you for that finished work on the cross. We thank you that you are the bread of life, and if any man eats of you, accepts you, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes, open our heart, and let us see that we need Jesus this morning. Let us see that you rule the earth, not the devil. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so today we're going to talk about Acts chapter 9. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't we just cover that Friday night, the Bible study? Yes, but not this way. Not from this angle. And even if we did, the Lord tells me to bring it. I got to bring it. So yesterday when I fell to my knees and I said, Lord, what do you want to say? I don't have anything to say. What do you want to say?
Pam to go ahead and meet the Lord uh, this past week. She uh, died of COVID, and so we're, Lord, help Maurice, help Maurice. Uh, she's a very good friend of ours, and we hate to see her pass on. But again, though she were dead, yet shall she live. Amen. So I believe that this vision is of the Lord. I'm not covering all of it. I'm just covering a couple of points I need to make. So what happened was December 27th, 2018. He said, I had a vision or prophetic experience as I was eating lunch. Now, one time he took Leslie and I out to lunch. And as we were eating, all of a sudden, I heard him say, Lord, here. And he said, the anointing hit me and he began to prophesy. So I pulled out my cell phone. I said, say on, brother. <laughs> and it was right on. I still have a recording of it. So I will witness the Lord speaks to him right during lunch sometimes. So this is what happened. So he says he's eating lunch. Suddenly a portal opened in the spirit realm. And my angel said to me, now remember, the heavens roll back like a scroll. I don't believe that planet heaven is the way we think. I think that we can see heaven from earth when the dimensions open up. That's what happens on the day that Jesus returns. So he heard, you are summoned to come to the courtroom of heaven. You are to record the case being tried now so that God's people will know the lateness of the hour, so that God's people will know the lateness of the hour, so that God's people will know what? It's about to start, okay? Now, we aren't one of those people that are biting our fingernails. I like the way Prophet Sunni says, we're not going to bite our nails, Okay. Well, I don't bite my nails. I do trim them. <laughs> don't bite your nails. So anyway, it is the lateness of the hour. That's the point of what he's told here. It's the lateness of the hour. You must warn them that the bride may awaken. Is the bride asleep? Yeah. Slap, dab asleep, as my dad used to say. Bride may awaken to take heed. The time is short. I was escorted by two angels to a seat on the left side down front of the Supreme Courtroom. There were many hundreds of angels and saints already seated before the bench. I was surprised at how much it looked like our Supreme Courtroom in America, except it was much larger. It looked more like a giant arena with thousands of seats ascending up as far as I could see. There were five big leather lawyer-like chairs with wings on each side in the front row. They reminded me how much my chairs and my father always sat in the desk of his law firm years ago. There were gold embossed cards on them that said recorder on all five of these chairs. He was sitting in one of the recorder chairs. I must, it must have been, I must have been the first to arrive and I was ushered into one closet to the bench. I sat down and sunk into this really comfortable chair, was handed a pen and a small scroll. I was curious as I looked at it for it looked really old fashioned the pen was a feather quill with old-fashioned nib like a fountain pen at the bottom right, right with, and the pad was actually a scroll that was made of parchment. It would open automatically as you wrote upon it, and when you got to the bottom of the page, it was kind of like an iPad that looked like a small Torah scroll at the same time. The angel showed me how it worked, and it was extremely easy to write on and hold. The angel said, you are one of five prophets that had been summoned from the earth to chronicle and witness this trial soon to begin. 
Just let, the open, just let the pen flow over the parchment and it will be a witness to the proceedings. Then you will, you will sign it when it is finished and it will be added to the internal ledger of legal proceedings. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm sad, like, wow. Okay, Lord, here am I. <laughs> it would be okay if I could see something like this. Wouldn't you like to have something like that? Wouldn't that be awesome? Then the case was read before all present by Lady Justice, the angel. There really is an angel called Justice. She spoke. She says, this is the summary of the case brought before the Supreme Court of Heaven today. The timing of the final, look carefully, this is important. The timing of the final judgments of the day of the Lord must be decided. All right, all right hang on, hang on. What is the day of the Lord? That is the day he returns to burn up all of the tares. That's the day we get our rewards and our glorified body. And as that morning star, his light, his power hits us, we become eternal. From that moment, time never touches us again. We are eternal from that moment. So what are they saying? We're deciding, we're looking at, we're explaining, we're examining when the day, when Jesus is going to return. He's saying the time short, right? Very short. The timing of the final judgments of the day of the Lord must be decided. Wait a minute, I thought it was decided. Yes, the Father knows, but only the Father knows because he knows the end from the beginning. But he, he holds things real close to his chest, as they say. The accuser, Satan, by the way, the word Satan or Satan means accuser. Satan is prosecuting, declaring that the time of Adam's lease is over, and he must now be allowed to take ownership of the earth for a time. How long is that? And times two years. So one plus two is three, and a half a time, so that's three and a half years, correct? So he takes control for three and a half years. However, he's released for seven years, right? Because it takes him three and a half years to rise to ownership, or to control of the world, of the earth. Time of Adam's lease is over. What do we mean Adam's lease? Well, when Adam and Eve fell, when they ate of the fruit, which was not an apple, I believe it was a grape, when they ate of that fruit, sin entered in. It was like a virus. A sin entered in, and all of the descendants from Adam, including us, all of them that sinned, that virus, passed down through the generations. So before we were born, we were already a sinner. We'd already lost the game. But Jesus says, I am, come on, the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. He says, I am the door. There is one way, only one way, only one man died on the cross, only one man came back from life three days later. He said, I lay down my life, I take it back. Because he has the keys of hell and death. He says, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal, and neither can any deliver out of my hand. He decides who dies, when they die, how they die, what are their rewards in heaven, and what are their punishments in hell. He decides. He is the righteous judge. So, they're deciding the timing of the final judgments. In other words, what they're saying is they're deciding when it's time to release the beast or the Antichrist onto the earth. 
Right? That's what they're deciding. It's what it's saying. The accuser, Satan, is prosecuting, declaring that the time of Adam's lease is over. And it must now be allowed to take ownership of the earth for a time, times, and a half a time, because it's written in the Holy Scriptures. Is it? Yeah, it is. So he's saying, look, it's been 6,000 years. Time's up. Release me. Okay, so where is Satan right now? The Bible says he's falling endlessly and helplessly in the bottomless pit. The beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against the saints and shall overcome them. But right now he's falling endlessly and helplessly and he's asking to be released. He's saying, look, it's been 6,000 years. It is time. It is time. I, I demand my rights. I demand to be released onto the earth, to take control of the earth. That's, that's what's going on. Representing the holy defense of the Lord was Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb of God. At this, Yeshua himself, or Jesus, himself stood up at the defense table as the advocate general of the bride of the Messiah. Who's the bride? We are the bride. Okay. The bride of the Messiah on earth. He was representing the holy saints of God. Who's that? Us. Still alive in the bodies on earth. When he stood up at the left table, everyone bowed and worshipped. When we see Jesus, no one has to tell us who he is. No one has to tell us we're going to worship him. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Everyone bowed and worshipped except, except those at the prosecution table. In other words, except Lucifer and Satan. I mean, and, and, and the beast. There was a very handsome man who just sat stone-faced with several other princes at the prosecution table. They did not move. The head man sneered when they worshipped Yeshua. Who is the handsome man? Ken Peters said when he saw the beast or the Antichrist, he said it was the most beautiful man he'd ever seen in his life. And I specifically asked Maurice about this. I said, I told him what Ken had said. I said, so would you say that this was a very handsome man? He said, absolutely. I said, would you say it's the most handsome man you've ever seen? He said, absolutely. So he agreed. Well, now wait. Now think about that. Us guys, we want to be handsome. And the ladies want to be beautiful. But really and truly, that's all flesh. Because if you look, that he probably is the most handsome man that has ever lived. Representing the agenda of the fallen Lucifer, now called Satan, is himself the accuser, liar, deceiver, Hasatan. At this, the handsome prince. Okay, why is he calling himself a prince? What's a prince? It's an uncrowned king. And by the way, he ain't going to get crowned either. However, the prince of the kings of the earth, Jesus, will be crowned the king of kings and lord of lords. At this, the handsome prince with an evil smirk stood up. No one moved. There was silence in the courtroom for about a minute. Then Lady Justice spoke again. You may sit down now. Finally, he, hit, he did so with another sneering grunt. I marveled that he seemed human and actually very attractive to look at. I'm telling you, just because the, well, just because the church looks good, just because it's a nice fancy building, nice fancy seats with good speakers. <laughs> does not necessarily mean God's there. And just because they look good and sound good does not necessarily mean that's God. As a matter of fact, that's something we ought to raise our eyebrows at. It's almost like, you know, if they're in a really nice church these days, 
I'm not saying they're all bad, but I'm saying I kind of raise an eyebrow, you know. <clears throat> Finally, he did so another sneering grunt, very attractive to look at. All there was no heavenly light in him or around him. The prosecution may proceed, Lady Justice said. At that, this man, the beast, stood up. He was robed in a black suit, had a long cape of crimson red. Why was it red? Because the, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit, also I, I saw in the, in the scene, there was, there was another beast, and, man, I'm not, I'm not bringing that up. Maybe I'm not supposed to quote that right now. But anyway, the devil's color is red. Now, how that got hung on the Republicans, I don't know. They got that thing reversed. Anyway, cape of crimson red that has followed behind him, and he had gold epaulets. Those are the things on the shoulders, okay? Golden epaulets on his shoulders. They were built into his cape. He was very articulate and extremely haughty. It was giving him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given to him to continue 42 months. So this guy is going to be the best looking, the best sounding, the most articulate. He is going to be what every man wish he could be. Wish he could be handsome, very smart, very well spoken. That's the beast. That's the Antichrist. That's what he's going to be. Very articulate, extremely haughty. I got sick to my stomach as he spoke. He walked back and forth in the front of the courtroom in long strides with his nose in the air. It reminded me of a painting that Napoleon looked like, except this man was much taller than Napoleon. He began his long diatribe of accusation against fallen man. He seemed to know the Bible very well. Hmm. Starting from Adam and Eve, he began accusing God of failing mankind in every generation. He started with a stipulation Adam was given exactly, look, look, this is this important. Adam was given exactly 6,000 years to rule the earth. But he fell. He gave that lease to me. I own it, which is correct. I own it, and I had the right to rule over every man, woman, and child. Notice there's not a period there. Why? He doesn't have the right to rule over every man, woman, and child now. Because Jesus set us free. So it goes on to say, I have the right to rule over man, woman, child who are mine by Adam's free choice. When we accept Jesus, it breaks that. It cuts that. We no longer have to be ruled by him. We can be free. Who are mine in Adam's free choice. The time is up. I now demand to be given to the, the given me the government of mankind through whom you call the son of perdition. I call him my son or the beast of the Antichrist. I have the scriptural right to take control of the earth for seven years. See, seven years, he's correct. Lady Justice then spoke again. The defense may proceed, meaning Jesus. Jesus, or Yeshua, another word for Jesus, then arose from the defense table. He wore a white robe. With blue trim. See, blue is our color. <laughs> blue trim, red sleeves. By the way, what is red, white, and blue? The flag of America. Hmm. He also said it looked a lot like our Supreme Court room on earth. Hmm. Not an accident. 
So he had a white robe, blue trim, red sleeves, bottom border and neck border of red. He wore a small diadem of solid diamonds as a crown. Why was it small? Because he's only a prince. Because to this day, Revelation 1 says he's prince of the kings of the earth. He is not crowned king of kings and lord of lords until there. The marriage supper of the Lamb. That's where he comes before the Ancient of Days. He is given a dominion, glory, and a kingdom. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And when we, and when we see him, we will fall on our face and cast our crowns at his feet and sing, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Amen. White robe, blue trim, red sleeves, bottom border, neck border of red. He wore a small diadem of solid diamonds as a crown. Because at the marriage supper of the Lamb, he has given many crowns. See it right here? Many crowns right there. He's given many crowns and a vesture dipped in his own blood in a white horse. Once again, when he stood up, everyone bowed their heads before him in worship, except those people at the prosecution table. He said in summary, As the true Son of Man, I have taken the death penalty for every generation of fallen man, including those in this harvest generation. Harvest generation. We're the harvest generation. Okay, what does harvest generation mean? Does that mean just the last days? No, that means there's, there's about to be a great harvest. A lot of people out there that don't want to go to church, they don't want to have anything to do with Jesus, they don't understand Jesus, they don't understand the Bible. What's more, they don't care to. They don't need Jesus. I got a company, I got a business, I got house, cars, money, bank account. <sighs> don't need Jesus. Well, not to worry. There's about to be some trouble hit. And all of a sudden, they're about to say, uh, maybe it's not going so good because I hadn't had anything to eat in three or four days and I can't get anything to eat. Hadn't had any clean water in a long time. Maybe, maybe I need to think about this Jesus thing they've been talking about for a long time. So it's the harvest generation. It's time when a lot of people about to come in. I also stripped Satan of his authority. This is talking about Jesus. I stripped Satan over his of his authority over the church. To God be the glory. Amen. Strip Satan of his authority over the church. Of oh, the living God, his gates can no longer prevail against her. Hallelujah. That's what you're saying. Through the intercession of my holy bride on earth. Through the intercession of my holy... What? You mean we have something to do with this? Yes. Do we have something to do with this? Yes. Absolutely. Through the intercession of my holy bride on earth, the overcoming church of the living God, there has been granted a pause means this should have already started. But there's something missing. What do you suppose is missing? Hang on, hang on. Pause by this court to allow for the what? The fullness of the harvest to come in. Full of the, in other words, not everybody's been saved yet, so you can't start the seven-year tribulation the last seven years before time ends. Can't start it yet. That's what he's saying. Can't start it yet. Why? Because the harvest of the harvest generation 
out for the fullness of the harvest coming. They hadn't come in. Not everybody's been saved yet. During the last hearing on this matter in 2015, three years ago in Earth's time, for I spoke on earth that it is written, this gospel of the kingdom should be preached into all the world, then, 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 then shall come. I, by the authority of the prayers and center intercession of the bride, what? By the authority of the prayers and intercession. This is what controls it, right? It's what we say out of our mouth because God gave us Power and authority over all serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing by any means shall hurt us. So what it's saying is we are determining what the devil gets to do. Not him, us. Right? I'm going to say it again. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world. Then shall the end come. I, by the authority of the prayers and the intercession of the bride, documented here in this scroll, skipping part of it, he handed the scroll to the father and another copy of Satan's prosecution table. I petitioned the court for another measure of time for the end time. This is Jesus speaking. I petitioned another measure of time for the end time church to finish. Finish what? Soul winning. Finish and to fulfill the promise to my people, as it is written, that none should perish, but all were truly mine. Have the opportunity to hear the good news of the gospel. Meaning, there's about to be a lot of people coming to the kingdom. What he's told me to do is to tell you to get ready to use his name, to walk in his power, to get those dreams, visions, angel visions, to pray for people and see people healed, set free, delivered. We are the last harvest generation. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Oh, yes, I know there's trouble coming. We're not concerned about that. We're looking at the souls. Yes, Amen. Look, if we take care of his kingdom, he's going to take care of us. Amen. If we put his kingdom first, he takes care of Amen. us. Amen. I'll read it again. I petitioned the court for another measure of time for the end time church, that's us, to finish, to fulfill the promise to my people, as it is written, that none should perish, but all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. All will have the opportunity to hear the good news of the gospel and to be saved from perdition. What's perdition? Perdition is endless, total torment. What's torment? Try to think of the worst pain you can possibly think of that you absolutely, positively cannot stop. There's no hope. There's no way you can get out of it. It's total pain for all eternity. That's perdition. Yeshua continued, As you can see, my faithful bridal remnant has kept the faith enduring the evil and continue to overcome. The blood of the martyrs has proven their faithfulness to look at, and I'm going to skip several things there. Even America's held through all of the hell has been thrown against her. Boy, that's true the last few years. The facts speak for themselves. I have the authority to request for another extension of time. The defense petitions the court for another extension of time in the grace that I purchased by my blood on the cross. As it is written, that the tribulation, we know that as the last seven years, that the tribulation beginning the kingdom age must begin only after all of my bride that are ordained to eternal life are saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Though millions shall come into me and be saved in the tribulation, my holy bride must all be prepared now. What's he saying? He's saying that until everybody, there's two books, okay? 
There's the book of the Gentiles. That's who our, our name's in that book, right? Then there's the book of the Jews. Until all of the names are in the book that are in the book of, of the Gentiles, until they've all received Jesus, until that curtain is pulled back and all of a sudden they see and they realize, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I need my sins to be forgiven. I want to live for all eternity. Until they reach that moment, sad to say, there's a lot of them out there playing around in the world. A lot of them well-known people. A lot of them you never heard of and won't hear of. But until all of those people whose names are in the book of life finally decide to receive Jesus, until that last name is put in there, tribulation can't start. Now, it's saying it's ready to start. <laughs> we've been looking, we've been saying, <laughs> yeah, we've been saying it's ready to start. Is it right? It's absolutely yeah. right. Is it ready to start? My holy bride must be prepared now. Now, that's not necessarily food and things like that. That's spiritual. Amen. Finally, the Father, the great judge of all the earth, spoke. On the basis of the evidence presented by the defense, I decree that the prosecution, that's the devil, has failed to bring closing to the final days, meaning you can't start, you can't be released yet. An extension of time has been granted to the saints of the overcoming bridal remnant church. Hallelujah. It gives us more time. Nevertheless, the birthing pains and judgments that we've seen on the earth shall not be stopped. Hasatan has the authority to rule over the tares of the earth. That's not us. He, doesn't, he can't rule over us. Over the tares of the earth, the wickedness and darkness by the willing consent according to the tenets of free will given to Adam's race at the beginning of creation. Both the tares and the wheat, that's us, have grown up and are now ready to be harvested. Therefore, the birth pains of the judgment shall increase. Have we said, what have we been hearing? La Palma? What, all these big volcanoes going off? Those that will abide with me in the secret place. In the secret place. I will provide for. I will provide for and protect. Those in the secret place. I will provide for and protect those that do not know me are in trouble, trouble, and more trouble. But we don't have, we should, like, like the prophet said, we should not be afraid. We should be looking forward to it. We should be looking forward to, the sin, to sinners coming to receive Jesus. Now, let's get to the scriptures. Um, all right, I'll read this. The time of grace upon the earth is nearly over. Warn my children, this is the midnight hour. Watch and pray that you can stand in the evil day. There is trouble coming. Stand in the evil day and overcome. I'm answering the prayers of my kingdom coming to earth. It shall come first in the fire of my holy judgments, but it, it, it but is shall come in the great awakening. There you go, that's the soul winning. That I promised upon the revival and outpouring. The time of my wrath is soon to engulf the earth, but in it I will remember mercy. A millions of souls shall be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Now, let's go to the Bible. So here's the situation. Saul is the worst of the worst of the worst, worst, worst. He was a Jew. He was trained in all the Jewish things. He, he knew the Torah very, very well. But this Jesus stuff, he didn't like that Jesus stuff. And he was the worst when it comes after 
searching out, hunting down, arresting, and killing Christians. He was a Christian killer. Now, what did the Lord tell me to tell you? That the events of chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, in other words, this whole thing is all about to repeat in our days. Amen. So if there was a Saul then that was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against disciples of the Lord, and they went to the high priest to bring letters to Damascus and the synagogues, if he found anybody, basically what we call today Christians, whether they be men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. If it happened then, guess what is about to happen now? Yeah, Same thing, okay? So we've got to get ready. But he's also promised us that we have a prayer closet. He's going to provide. He's going to protect. Amen. It's going to be okay. So Saul, as he was journeyed, he came to Damascus. Suddenly there shone, shined around him a light from heaven. He fell to the earth, heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? What he's saying is the same thing is about to happen to millions of Americans out there right now. There's so many Sauls out there that don't like Jesus, don't like the church, don't want to have anything to do with the church. They, some of them even worship other gods, some of them just, just sinners, just bombs. But what it's saying is they're about to have a Saul experience. They're about to have a road of Damascus experience. They're about to have the light shine down and open up the curtains and all of a sudden, like me at nine years old, I saw, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I need to accept Jesus. I saw it. I can't tell you what the preacher preached on. I can't tell you what he talked on that Wednesday night. I can't talk to, tell you what he talked on Sunday morning or Sunday evening. But I remember with that, I remember that curtain pulling back. All of a sudden I saw. That's what he's talking about. He's saying the curtains are about to pull back on a lot of people. Amen. He fell to the earth. He heard a voice saying, Saul, why are you fighting against me? There's going to be a lot of people saying, why is it that you just continue to resist the Holy, the Holy Ghost? Why do you continue to resist me, Jesus? So he says, who art thou? Lord? See, he, he knew of a Lord. But he didn't know Jesus. Who are you? He says, I'm Jesus. Don't you know? But no, he didn't know. See, I'm Jesus. And you keep fighting against me so hard. So he's trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's what they're going to say. They're going to say, what must I do to be saved? And you know what? We're going to be there with the answer. We're going to say, there it is. Out there, Jesus. The one that was nailed to the cross. Not us. Not some church someplace. The cross. Got a point with the cross. I'm Jesus who you keep fighting against. <laughs> what would you have me do? He says, all right, here's what is signed for you. You're going to arise, go into the city, and there it will be told you what you're going to do. So the men that journeyed with him, they heard the voice. They saw him standing speechless. They heard the voice, but they didn't see anybody. They didn't see the light. They just heard the voice. That was a confirmation to him. So Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. So they led him by the hand. Why did they lead him by the hand? He's blind. See, right now there's a lot of people that are blind, spiritually blind. They can't see Jesus. They're spiritually blind. So when he got his physical blindness... He got his spiritual sight. Amen. Yes. 
What? See, he could see physically, but he was spiritually blind. There's a people right now that are physically have their sight, but they're spiritually blind. It's going to be reversed. So three days without sight, no water. No sight, no food, no water, three days. Okay, that'll get your attention. So then there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And it, said, and, and it was said to him, Lord, in a vision. So here's another guy. First part of this, we talked about a guy who had a vision. The Lord had a vision. Ananias, and he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the street that is called Straight, inquire at the house of Judas, and one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prays. And has seen in a vision a man named Ananias, in other words, you, coming in and putting your hand on him that he might receive his sight. So God has set this all up. Why? Because he's taken Saul, the one that hated Christians, arrested them, beat them, killed them. He's going to take that guy and say, you know what? You're going to die for me. You know what? You're going to take my, my name and my works and my finished work on the cross to a lot of people. Today, is Saul very blessed? Yes. But if God had not intervened in his life... He'd have been in a world of trouble. Right now, there's a lot of people out there that are in a lot of trouble, but God is about to intervene in their life, and they're about to be very blessed. Amen. See how it's repeating? Okay, so I didn't cover this part Friday night. It, that was Bible study. This is different. <clears throat> so, Ananias answered and said, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil this done. This, this is the guy that kills Christians. You want me to go in and pray for him? Here you have the authority from the chief priest to bind everybody that calls himself a Christian. That's why we would say it. But the Lord said to him, okay, go your way. Do as I've told. For he is a chosen vessel. And he is going to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. There's people out there right now. There's people out there right now that don't know Jesus. Don't want to know Jesus. Don't want to have nothing to do with that Jesus, that church, that Bible, that Christian. That think that's all foolishness. They think that's all for the weak people. Wrong. But God is about to pull the curtains back. No man can call Jesus Lord, but the Holy Spirit draws them. If those curtains don't come back, if they can't spiritually see that Jesus is Lord, if they can't see that, they're blind. They're spiritually blind. And they sit there and say, Nah, can't see it. Like talking to a telephone pole. But the Lord said to him, go your way. He's a chosen vessel to bear my name to the Gentiles before kings. He did go before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer. No, no, no. You got that wrong, God. Because if we accept you, then we're only blessed. But we're willing to suffer for his name. Amen. We will count it. Thank you. She filled in the perfect words. We'll count it all joy if we have to suffer for him. You can't threaten me with eternity. We're ready. Right? We're ready. We are. We are ready. Yes, yes. For I will show him a great things he must suffer for my... No, 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 that, no, no. I'm going to show him what great things I'm going to bless him with because he received 
No. No, we got to be willing to suffer for his name. Ananias went his ways, entered into the house, put his hands on him. Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, had appeared me in the way as thou camest, has sent me that you may receive your sight and, he, and be filled with the Holy Ghost immediately. There fell from his eyes scales. He received his sight, arose and was baptized. That's what we want to see for all of the people out there. The people whose names are in the book of life. The angel on the red horse came to Demetri and he said, only those people whose names are in the book of life will listen and repent. Yeah. And when he received meat, we would say food, he was strengthened. Saul certain days with the disciples were at Damascus and straightway he preached Christ that he was the son of... See, before that, before that he was killing Christians. Yes. Now he became one. That's what we're looking at. That's what we want. We want to see millions of people come into the kingdom. We want to see the curtains open up. We want to see them receive Jesus. That's what he's saying. It's about to happen. And I know, I know, I know. We, we Americans, we say, when? Problem is, God's calendar moves a whole lot slower than ours. We, we look at the watch. <laughs> Silly watch, it thinks I'm talking to him. Apple, listen up. Matter of fact, Apple, you people at Apple, I got a couple of things I'd say to you. <laughs> Repent! <laughs> Did I put that there? I think that that was supposed to be the end. It was. Let me skip on by. I intended to delete those. <sighs> Lord Jesus, our heart is to see everyone saved. We don't want to see anyone tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. We want to see them all receive the wonderful love of Jesus. So Lord, we ask anybody online or in person here today that hasn't asked Jesus, Lord, we ask you to pull back the curtain. We ask you to speak to their heart that they would make that decision, that eternal decision today. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost anything. It's not embarrassing. No one will laugh at you. All you have to do is say, Dear Heavenly Father, let's say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. And I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God died on the cross. I rose three days later. I receive his blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, and to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in person or online, and that's the first time you ever, ever received Jesus, first time you ever asked Jesus to come into your heart, would you just raise your hand, please? Not going to embarrass you, I promise. Not going to embarrass you. Just raise your hand. First time you've ever received Jesus. Okay. Now, if you raised your hand, then we're going to ask you to send me an email. I think I've got it up here. To that. I keep getting these emails from these foreign countries trying to sell me stuff. So if I say the email, then I get a bunch of emails. So send me an email. Why? 
Because the Bible says, Whosoever confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever denies me before men, him will also deny before my Father which is in heaven. A Christian can't deny Jesus, even if it's going to cost us our life. We can't deny Jesus. We don't ever deny Jesus. So it's important, if you've just received him, tell someone. It doesn't have to be the group. It's the best of the group. But tell someone, hey, I received Jesus today. Tell them. Now, the next thing is, <clears throat> I suggest you become a ministry member. In other words, join this ministry. Say before the Lord, I agree with what they're saying here, and I want to be counted among this number. Now, what you're joining is not just a spirit of apostasy church, because we don't have much. What you're doing is join Jesus. And if you're watching online, we encourage you to click like, share, and subscribe. Click like, share, and subscribe. And if you're here in the audience and you would like to give, we're going to open up the, uh, the baskets up here and you can bring up an offering. If you're online, just scroll down to the blue line and you click on that blue line and it'll take you over here and you can support what we're doing. And if you have a prayer request, come on up. Be happy to give you, uh, be happy to pray for you. Be happy to pray for you. God bless you. Thank you for coming and thank you for watching online.